This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Something very talked on the podcast. It's the Simon Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sutton United Talk Time on Podcast. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's the midweek treat. Um, joining me today is Kenneth, all the way from Texas. Hello, Kenneth. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Um, just wanted to make sure everyone had a very Merry Christmas and um, it made, however you celebrated, you, you were happy doing so, or other people were happy at least, even if you weren't. Um, but how was your Christmas, Kenneth? You know, it was just fine. Uh, my family and I, we went to New York City. And oh. uh, New York City is just about as different as you can get from where I uh, I reside on a, a day-to-day basis. I enjoy it thoroughly. It was very cold. Uh, and But the kids loved it. Got to do the ice skating in Central Park and the uh, various other New York City Christmas things uh, in addition to freezing. So... <laughs> Um, not bad, not bad at all. Excellent, excellent. So you spent the, the actual Christmas day in New York as well? Yeah, yeah, we were there until last night. Um, oh, we left last week and we did Christmas day up there. And um, we live, you know, where I live, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be able to convert it to Celsius, but it's it's about 75 degrees Fahrenheit here most Christmases. Mm-hmm. And my wife is from the north 
and uh, once a cold Christmas. So the last couple of Christmases we've traveled so that she could experience something more like her, uh, her childhood. (laughs) Uh, I, I am just fine with a with a with the- <laughs> seventy five degree Christmas. I grew up on the Gulf Coast of Texas. It doesn't get cold. May, maybe three nights a year it gets cold, and that's I am perfectly okay with. It. <laughs> well, we we uh, we have the lovely thoughts and traditions and hopes of a, a white Christmas, and it, it it never is. It's a rainy Christmas mostly here, in, in, or certainly in London. In some, it's usually a rainy Christmas. We get snow every now and then, uh, but we can't cope with even half an inch of snow let alone what's been going on in new york so yes yes it's a whole different a whole different world <laughs> yeah absolutely um but obviously you're you're from texas you grew up in texas and you've decided to become shareholder supporter of sutton united so how where why it's, that's a very very good question um and i'll, I'll tell you that uh I probably did not see a professional soccer game on TV until honestly, it probably wasn't a professional game. It was probably an international game. It was probably the 1994 world cup. The first time I was 12 years old. That's probably the first time I saw what we'll call, you know, professional level soccer. Of course we have youth soccer here. I promise you it in no way resembles uh, what youth soccer in any part of Europe looks like. It's getting better. It's much better now, but in 1990 in Rockport, Texas, it was not uh, yeah. much to much to um, speak of. And honestly, I gave up soccer as soon as I found basketball because I realized I could use my hands. And that was just and really as a as a adolescent and young adult, I was a big time basketball guy, and I still am. I'm still a big basketball fan. When I was in high school, so this is the long, boring version of the. Since we don't have a game to talk about, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, ramble on here but um in at my high school when i was a senior there was a um, bulgarian exchange student and he had uh, a, a local club he was a fan of in bulgaria uh, borgas and then he was an arsenal fan honestly it's the first time i really had any anyone sit down and try to explain to me how professional, you know, club soccer in Europe works. And I still didn't get it quite honestly. I didn't, I did not understand it. Um, I, you know, I was vaguely aware of if it was a big name soccer player, I was vaguely aware of them. Um, when I was in high school, I took a trip to Paris with my school, uh, you know, like a spring break, stay in bad hotels and eat salmon pate kind of trip. And uh, came across the PSG store on the Champs-Élysées. And so I kind of became a default PSG fan uh, at that point. But I, when I say that, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, I think Pochettino played for them then. I know that now. I didn't know that then. Yep. Um, I couldn't have told you anybody who played on the team. You know, that's not true. They had J.J. Okocha played on their team. And I remembered him from the World Cup. So, that, you know, I, I knew yep. one guy. Um <laughs> And so that kind of was my intro and he, you know, got me involved in it. And then when I went to college, I found football manager (laughs) and that is where I developed probably more of my, my knowledge. But even then I played that same version of football manager for like six years. Like it was the same old players and I didn't, you know, I I was hardly keeping up with it. And then it really um, picked up when they started playing, I mean, I'm talking like five years ago, they started playing premier league games on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. and I would get up and watch them. And that's kind of where I got hooked. And 
the the fact that American players are starting to become more prevalent in European leagues is a huge a huge part of it because yeah. I will say I was talking with one of the other shareholders who lives in the United States uh, a couple of months ago and they have childhood clubs. I don't have a childhood club. MLS barely existed. I still don't really enjoy watching it. Um, I don't have like a, a local childhood club. So my childhood club is the men's national team. Yeah. Like I, I have fond memories of games I, I saw and players and, and the guys who, you know, the, the legends who performed for the team when they were, you know, nobodies. And, and um, I remember that all pretty well and, and really looked forward to it. And I take in, Pre-COVID, I'd probably taken a men's national team game two or three times a year if they were convenient to me um, geographically. Uh, so that's that's my that's my background. So it's more, and it still is. That's still probably my primary interest is the men's national team as we go through our permutations of missing the World Cup and hopefully on our way to some modest glory here in the near future. Um, but I would say Pulisic signing with Chelsea – uh, probably supercharged my interest in English football in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but even when I got involved, the story of how I got involved in Sutton in particular is that I worked with a brokerage. There's a company in New York city that does this. And, and if you tell them you're interested on our side, teams go to them and say, we're interested in finding, you know, shareholders, investors, whatever. And for years, all I would get was like series C bankrupt clubs in Italy and I just had no interest in that for a number of reasons. Um, and when the Sutton op- opportunity came along, it was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted, a fiscally responsible club. <laughs> yeah. um, but that had some growth mindedness, you know, was trying to, <laughs> to improve their, their situation in the world. And it just worked out perfectly. Um, and really the, the better part of it is, is that when I, um, spent time, I, I, you know, I've actually never been to a Sutton match because of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've never met any of the other shareholders or board members in person, but we spent hours on Zoom calls getting to know each other. And they had a lot more questions for me than I did for them. Uh, they were very curious as to why a, um, a lawyer in South Texas was interested and um, fair questions, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a sports nut. Um, that's what I do. College sports here is a, a huge thing, and, and that's really for years has been my thing, but a lot of it's changing now, and I'm not sure what the awareness of that would be uh, in the UK, but they've they've changed a lot of rules on transferring from one school to another, and it's kind of made it an open season, which is good for the players, but as a fan, it's hard for me. You know, watching a kid go and play as a freshman and grow every year to his senior year and see what he could accomplish provided a lot of the value to me in it, and you just don't really get that anymore. The really good oh, yeah. players jump to the NBA immediately. Oh, okay. Immediately. And then if they don't play first year, they just transfer to a new school. So every year it's like a whole new roster, very hard to keep track of, et cetera, et cetera. I won't be the cranky old guy complaining about it, but new rules. Yeah, just new rules, changes in the, yeah. kind of the foundation of it. And um, I've simultaneously found uh, Sutton in particular, but, but English soccer in general to be kind of the opposite. The traditions have held and you know, basically the way that fans responded to the whole Super League thing is exactly how I would have felt about it if someone had asked me about all the changes in college sports. And so yeah. I like that there is tradition, history. I'm such a dilettante when it comes to all this stuff. I mean, I am coming from a place of true ignorance uh, and doing my best to catch up quickly. Um, 
but it's, it's a whole new world and I really enjoy it. it it's, it's like finding a new, you know, a new thing at, at my age is rare and, and it's been wonderful and um, kind of built my, uh, built my knowledge base on, on, and I'm going to keep calling it soccer just because <laughs> I get confused when I start. Yeah. Uh, I know that's a, I know that's a, a thing, but I, I'm, I'm going to keep calling it soccer. You saw my Twitch uh, every time. Every time. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, everyone does. That's why I try to usually give the disclaimer in advance. I'm going to call it soccer. Um, but uh, it's been wonderful. It's just been a great experience. And um, the even from across the, the Atlantic Ocean, you can feel the community and the camaraderie. And uh, I have other shareholders and board members that I text and call on a regular basis. I interact with fans and, you know, a little bit on Twitter Mm-hmm. And I see the the um, just the positive support and also the down to earth support, which I love. I love that uh, it's it's a place where everybody can appreciate the beautiful absurdity of how this has turned out and uh, and thinks of it in a you know the, a, it's a great opportunity. I love it. It's wonderful. yeah, the awesome bewilderment of this isn't happening. What, what <laughs> and. Yeah, I mean, one one of the things that I'm I'm super proud of. Um, you don't always think of it, but um, the the core group of people I've had on. Um, the, I was talking to someone the other day and said I, I do need to get some new voices on. I need to get new people on because the the, the newest supporter I've had on so, so far was 20 years. <laughs> He's the new boy. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's, oh my goodness. And then you've got people like, obviously you, you spoke to um, super technical roofs who um, has been at the club for years. Dave has been at the club for years. AB has been supporting for years and years. So there's something about the club that kind of just takes in, nurtures and holds everyone. It, it's a strange little club. It's extremely strange colours. We all know this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. one of, I don't know if anyone ever told you. I'm sure they did. But what, one of the reasons the colours were chosen is because it was the cheapest ones available at the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> I believe so, it. Yeah, 1898, it was still a cheap club. But value for money, not cheap. <laughs> exactly. But, value. It's yeah. all about value. But the, the thing, years and years ago, we, we had a quite a good team with some some really good young players in and um it was it felt there was a a, a chance to push on um but the board kind of had to make the decision at the time we can't do it we can't break the budget to keep these particularly good players and we ended up having to let them go it was a bit kind of oh it's so annoying and we're such small-minded but then you're seeing what happens to other clubs who go for it like mm-hmm. Kingstonian is my favourite example. They just absolutely went for it, and they now don't have anything to look forward to. I mean, they've got a team. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's they, they're in the wilderness. Um, whereas Sutton, you kind of knew that in well, at the time I didn't know where they'd be in twenty years. I kind of figured they'd be at the same level, but we'd be watching football. Um, but absolutely, they've just taken this this footing and went. You know what? We're going to just slowly, slowly, slowly build, but we're not going to we're not going to break the bank to do it. I, you know, and that's, that's so rare. I mean, that's, that's where I would say that when I got off and I do want to throw another disclaimer in there is that I have absolutely no decision-making uh, authority at the club and no one discusses anything with me. So I have <laughs> zero inside information or strategy um, to offer here. Uh, but I do think from, from when I was just a third party looking at the club and, and seeing if, if it's something I'd be interested in, the fiscal responsibility was a huge component. And I do think that um, 
the nature of how the club is managed and how it was built has really created an opportunity um, to have the the foundation, the tradition, and and the stability. And then also there is there is now opportunity for finding a way to keep the players you want to, to improve your standing while still being relatively fiscally responsible. Um, I think that that's a, I think everybody from the, from the like compliance side of moving up to the football league, it's been a eye awakening experience, but I mean, they got it done. Uh, the, the board and, and the volunteers who took on all those jobs, my understanding is there was like 60 different tasks that had to happen and they all got assigned to someone and they all got, you know, the things taken care of mostly without any compensation. You know, this is people yeah. who just want the club to be successful and you, you don't have that in American sports. You just, there is no equivalent. There is no college sports being the closest example. Mm-hmm. You don't have that at a professional level and, and it's allowed us to focus on, the on the field products, keeping a manager who clearly has the the score figured out uh, with this squad, and it's it's been a wonderful thing to be part of, and to see considered and deliberate decision making um, continue. I think is a wonderful thing, and having I think having the old guard and then some new blood is wonderful. It's it's a it's a great combination of how to um, improve the club continually going forward. I mean, who knows what's going to happen this season, but I don't think anybody saw this coming and uh, it's been pretty unbelievable. And, and, you know, I've seen some of the advanced metrics on, you know, some of our games seem ugly and sometimes they seem like we're hanging on by a thread, but if you look at a lot of the advanced metrics, they're very predictive of success and, and whatever Matt is doing is, uh, it's bearing out in both the results. And I think when you look deeper than, you know, how you feel about the game as it happened, uh, if you look deeper than that, like our quality shots are, are, and, and converted goals and, and uh, you know, actual goals versus expected goals. We're, we're very uh, positive in all of those metrics. And I think that that's, um, you get, you know, you, you see yeah. the results or you see the results on the table. Maybe you don't see it straight away on the field, but you see it on the table for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he there's quite a few things discussed at the meet the manager evening, um, and one of which was obviously he's a young young manager doing well, and first thing people saying that are you staying? Are you staying? Um, he kind of was basically saying, I've essentially got a blank canvas here. We're, we're building this as a football league club, and I get to kind of put my input as to what I want. One of the things that completely threw me was when he he said that he's got targets of players in mind for the next two, three years, a, a replacement for almost every player in the squad. He's got a, a target to, to go for. And I'm sitting there going, this is, this is something United that we're talking. This is this is the back of a cigarette packet kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that, that's, again, that's that's doing a disservice, but it's 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 never really thought about, wow, we, where, where are we going to be in five years time, 10 years time? Um, we always wanted to be at the, as Bruce said, the best non-league club we could be, and that's gone. Um, so we've, we've done that. Um, so it's where where can we go? Um, some of the stuff he was talking about, and there was a, a guy, and I've forgotten his name, and I do apologise if he listens, um, he's basically taken 
my dream job from 20 years ago didn't exist where doing all the all the things you're talking about all the stats he's got um very various data from different players and literally it will be this is the type of player we're looking for and who fulfills all this criteria and i'm i'm crying because i'm like this stuff this, stuff, this would I, I was useless at any sports and this would have been my dream leaving school to do this spreadsheets for for football love it um well yes. you know that, that's i think that's a huge thing and the, the ability to have data to to go on allows somebody like uh matt to make smart choices and mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a whole movement in American baseball called Moneyball. I yeah. Mean, okay, so you're familiar with that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's old now. Everybody's there. And in some sports, you know, in basketball, for example, and analytics, I think, has kind of ruined professional basketball. They are too – they're too good and they're too smart. And that takes away from some of the beauty of the experience. Mm. I have not found that to be the case when watching – uh, soccer. So I, I don't, it doesn't seem to have translated as poorly, uh, to, uh, to the, the soccer pitch, but it, it does. I mean, there, like you said, 20 years ago, you didn't have any of these force multipliers that you have now. And I, you know, I don't think it's a surprise that finding, uh, a manager with this kind of like professionalism and this kind of, um, insight who has good support around him, it's not a surprise that this is when the club is is improving. I also don't think it's a surprise that you're seeing smaller clubs, and I use smaller in a more um, – I know in, in English football, small and big is like a whole, yeah. whole different <laughs> thing. I, I'm just referring to it, and, you know, if you consider fan base and balance sheet, it's not a surprise that some of the smaller clubs are uh, rising and staying – while bigger clubs are not because um, the smaller clubs don't have the baggage. They don't have the, the expectation. And so they can be a blank slate and they can look at how they're doing things and be objective and efficient instead of just trying to throw money at a problem. Because I think that you can see at all levels of professional sports that rarely, with the exception of the New York Yankees, it rarely seems to work. And often you're paying for a good that has already passed its, its value date. You know, you're paying for what the value was last year instead of what the value is this year. And I think that, you know, that approach you just mentioned about what are we, what game are we playing? How are we going to play it? And who slots into that game the best is 20 years ago. You couldn't have done it. It's all guesswork. It's all, you know, scouring, uh, soccer fields all over England trying to find a guy you think fits that without any data to mm-hmm. follow it up. And so anyway, I, I don't think it's an accident that's happening now. And I do uh, really enjoy that um, the club is open to this approach and, and, you know, letting Matt kind of, I mean, he's proven his, his uh, concept, I think uh, in everyone's mind. <laughs> he could do what he likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, at this point, that's that's the that's the the data we have is man. Let's see what yeah. what whatever his idea is is probably a good one. I'm fairly yeah. certain if he if he came out and said what I need you all to do is to start hopping on the terraces and tap your head, everyone's going okay. Fair enough. <laughs> right now, no, I, I really um, I, one thing that really impresses me is how um, there's almost never a run of bad results. And I'll, you know, I'll knock on wood when I say that, but I don't feel like I actually need to. It's, it seems like their ability to adapt and. Um, yeah, I think you know, 
I think the the, <laughs> the worst run of results in the last couple of years was the fairly recently. So it was the the Newport, Bradford, and Bristol City. I've done that completely out of order. Yeah. Um, so it was Bristol in, in the cup, I think. Where are we? Yeah, so Bristol Rovers in the cup, Newport in the league. Bradford in the league and if we want to go back one more it was um the technically a draw but win on penalties against Stevenage and I, so I think that's t- two losses and a win uh, yeah. two losses and a draw sorry um and one of them was a cup match so it's yeah and and that's that's, that's the worst in, in yeah. two two and a bit years it's, it's absolutely insane well, even when you think about uh the stretch run for the the National League championship last year mm-hmm. we had that long run of draws yeah. And I just felt like the team stayed together really well when they could have been frustrated and they really, um, you know, they, they could have let, let it get away from them. But I feel like the leadership both on the field and then in, in the, the clubhouse was really solid and they stayed the course and let it play out and put themselves in a position to win. I think we all would have breathed a little easier if we had a couple of uh, three point uh, victories in there, but you know, it just was really impressive to me to take, to take, you know, everybody, I think, you know, if you're on Twitter and especially again, I'm not, I'm not in the pub talking about this with anybody. I'm kind of, <laughs> I do have a small contingent of Sutton fans in Beeville now. So it, for example, if the game had gone today, I'd have about five or six guys at the distillery watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we've come up with our own little local supporters club, but <laughs> uh, certainly not the same as you guys have. So I, you know, I go from Twitter and Instagram and the things I see, and I think everybody expected Sutton to fade as, as the, you know, when that draw run happened and we were, you know, everybody was, the pack was coming, coming to us mm-hmm. pretty, pretty quickly and never, it just seemed like no one ever had the nerves on the field. They just took care of business. And I, I think that's, that's a leadership thing for sure. Yeah. There was, there was one, one game. I can't remember what, which one he said, but there was one game that we played and, and, it might have been the Notts County one where we gave away the penalty in the last minute where Matt said it was a really flat changing room. And he said the way that the COVID restrictions had changed the pitch meant he had to walk a longer way around. And he said that extra 90 seconds just gave him a little bit of thinking time and he managed to switch it around and Jason jumped in and went, yeah, he's doing himself a real disservice there. He said all the heads were down. And when Matt came in, everyone was like, yeah, you know what? It is one game. Just that, that's all it is. It's one game. Let's move on. We'll do the next one. Um, but yeah, so it's, it seems to be a perfect storm with um, the board open to change. I mean, Bruce got as cross as as, as <laughs> Bruce gets when I sort of mentioned that there was a feeling when Matt was appointed that he was a, a safe choice because he was promoted from within the club. And, and Bruce kind of told me and said, well, he wasn't a safe choice because he hadn't managed anywhere before. There was lots of other alternatives. It was a, it was a, so was firmly told off by Bruce. Um, and, but yeah, Matt just, it's been absolute revelation. Um, there was a bit of a hairy time. I'm not sure when you first started following, but it was a bit of a hairy time when he first joined us. So I did uh, not. So I think that was the COVID shortened season when it was a little, a little tougher. Yeah. I came in uh, officially about 16 months ago. Oh, okay. So I got in right at the uh, beginning. Right, uh, right uh, on the good times. I mean, you could, not, <laughs> you could not write it better. There's no doubt about that. I have I have been here for glory only, and uh, I'm not that sad about it. Uh, 
I don't have the bona fides that a lot of the other, uh, a lot of the fans do, but I, uh, I've definitely been here for the good times. It's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. And, and I have spent more time trying to explain how the English football pyramid works to my friends than oh, I ever God. thought I would. <laughs> Um, I I used to have that many many years ago, and it used to have to be at like when I was at school and Sutton. Who? What? Where? Right. So you've got this division, then this division, then this division, and keep going, and then we split into three, and that's where we are. And it's know, like, I, oh I, my god! You know, that's where I probably, you know, I, when I say I'm a dilettante in the world of European football promotion relegation, is I didn't really appreciate it until I started watching the Premier League five years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean. I probably had heard the term and had had a basic understanding for it, but there is no American equivalent. Yeah. Some of the soccer leagues here are starting to talk about it. You know, the, the sub MLS leagues as a way to differentiate themselves from the MLS are starting to talk about promotion and relegation. But as you can imagine, the people who buy the teams don't want that. No. So um, it's, it's a little, it's just such a different um, yeah, I mean, thing and then wonderful in, in what it is. And, you know, when you follow being a PSG fan from probably age 18 to until I started following Sutton, they're, they're not getting relegated. So it's not yeah. like it's not a and the, and the other club I was super aware of was Celtic um, mm-hmm. just because I'm, I'm Catholic. And so I was aware of Celtic. And also, with the exception of that little Rangers financial fiasco they had, you know, neither neither of those clubs is going to be relegated otherwise. And yeah. So, um, anyway, it's just one of those things where. I have come to love it because it does give you even even going into the season. If we had modest expectations, staying up is such a huge absolutely positive for yeah. for the situation Sutton is in, especially so we can pay for all those improvements to game well, to that, I think that uh, was that that was most people's. If you pinned everyone down and said, "Come on, give tell us what you're after for this season," it was stay up hopefully get the, the money for the following season and then see where, where we can go because so much of it, uh, we, I mean, Sutton fans, I, I don't interact a huge amount with loads of other fans, but Sutton fans are, are very strange from what I'm seeing on Twitter where we, we are really, really know about the money side of things. Like the, um, the, the Papa John's cup, the pizza cup, a lot of fans don't like it. And I, yeah. I understand why, but then the Sutton fans are straight away going, Ten thousand pounds for a win? Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Bring it, bring it on, bring it on. Yeah. Um, which is, which is kind of, I know it's strange, but we're so used to being really aware of every penny um, of every season. I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for the fans to have at least an understanding. You know, even if you're not looking at the the spreadsheet, to at least have an understanding of where the club is. And and like you said earlier, appreciate the fact that it's sustainable. It is mm-hmm. not. You're not just taking a flyer on trying to be the one team that does well. Because when you take that flyer, you have you know a three to five year window to get it done, and if you don't, you're going to suffer greatly. You know I the see. window is just bigger now. It's a, a smaller, maybe a smaller target to get through, but it's a, the window is a lot bigger if you're financially sustainable and the the club has done a really nice job. With that. I also think, you know, and and this is part of where I come from. A very small part of it is soccer is growing. When you look at and, and when I say that, I don't just mean in I mean in America and Europe everywhere. It's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger all the time, there is a valuation in, increase in every every soccer club that's that's uh, financially viable. I mean, there's just a reality there that what Sutton was worth, you know, 20 years ago, if someone came in to give a valuation is less than it is today yeah, just absolutely. because of the accessibility. I can watch Sutton matches. 20 years ago, I wouldn't have – what would have been the fun of, of – 
investing with a club in England because there'd be no there'd be yeah. no availability, no anything. You wouldn't, you uh, wouldn't I watch Twitter to follow it on. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. right? I, I get to interact with you guys. If, yeah. if Twitter didn't exist, this we wouldn't be here right we now. We wouldn't have had this conversation because it was through. I noticed yeah. you, you did something on Twitter that I said hello. Yes, <laughs> yes, and um, so I think that there's a reality that the the value of the whether it's a financial or experiential value, the value is greater now than it's ever been before. And I think Sutton has done a nice job of acknowledging that while without changing the character of the club. And um, it's, it's just been a, a really um, accessibility to, to soccer is probably the biggest reason why I was not a bigger soccer fan as a kid. Right. I mean, I got to watch the world cup. I had Fox uh, soccer net or whatever the channel was that would play European soccer games in the middle of the night. And I'd watch them, you know, when it comes to soccer, rugby and cricket, I probably know I'm a 1% knowledge person. I know more than almost everyone else who's a native born American. And I still don't know very much, <laughs> but uh, I, I know enough to be interested and to really enjoy it. I, I could probably tell you all the rules of cricket. Probably. I'm not going to, I don't, don't, don't quiz me because I don't want to. It's all right. I won't, we won't talk about cricket. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in that sense, in fact, when I, when I signed up, signed on with Sutton, I became a, a non-playing member of the Sutton cricket club. Okay. <laughs> just out of, uh, out of support. And, uh, a couple of years ago, we all, for some reason, got into cricket and I have a, like a little, you know, it's it's like the rubber ball kit or set for playing cricket that we occasionally mess around with. So um, I, I'm an outlier on that front, but I do think soccer has become a bigger deal. I know um, just look at all the American families and, and the you know big companies getting involved in it, the the Middle Eastern interests that are getting involved in it. People see it's growing, and yeah. you know Sutton is not yet a billion dollar club, but. Um, as those as all the clubs get bigger, I think the valuations, the awareness is it grows, and, and Sutton is right right in the right place at the right time to be. You know, you look at some of these clubs. You know, I don't want to pick on any of them, but you know, used to be in the Premier League and are now in the National League, and and have uh, yep. stadiums that are unbelievable as compared to our very modest home. And you wonder, uh, wow, if they had been more financially responsible when you know the time was right. They should be where Sutton is. They should be taking advantage of these opportunities and these things, but instead they're digging out of a hole. Yeah. So it seems like um, in our division, you've got Bradford who are in the Premier League um, within easy memory. Um, I think 20 years ago-ish, um, they were in the Premier League and now they're playing the same league as us. The guys who went up there were like just looking around the stadium going, this is insane. Why are yeah. we playing a league match against them? Um <laughs> And then you've got Norwich currently in the Premier League getting a lot of stick and criticism because they've refused to spend hundreds of millions to improve their playing squad when they kind of knew they were probably going to get relegated anyway. So they've decided, you know what, we'll stick with what we've got. We're not going to spend loads of money. We'll get relegated and we'll we'll keep keep going. So they're very good at that. I I think they may well yo-yo again a few more times, but eventually they are going to come up and be in a position to stay up. Well, exactly. Um, Exactly. Because, Instead of ruining it all for one run, uh, yeah. no, I, I think that that's a, it's a savvy thing. I'm sure it's frustrating both for their opponents and for their fans, but you know, they know what they are and they know they, and at the end of the day, you only answer to yourself. You exactly. know, you're, you're the, um, you know, whoever the, the decision makers are have an obligation to maintain the club and, 
and I think being realistic about where you stand is really important. It's, it's also amazing the the gap between the championship and the Premier League. And then championship, I was looking at a ranking of European leagues. I think the championship is considered either the ninth or tenth best league in the world. And the gap between the championship and the Premier League financially is so amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and you just see that with that churn there at the bottom and the top, the no one can no one can be safe. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, right. So as you mentioned, there's no game to preview. Um, did you? It wouldn't have been on iFollow, but did you did you listen to the Mixelar for the Surrey? County. <laughs> no, I followed it, I followed it uh, <laughs> online. Um, you know, honestly, that's just another example of a thing where I wasn't actually sure what I was looking at. It's a senior cup. I was like, what is, it's, what is this? So it's it's basically we 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 split into counties, mm-hmm. um, and each county would have its own little cup competition. Now, something being a, a funny little place is. We we both qualify for the London one and the, the Surrey one, but we've kind of gone with the Surrey one for historical reasons. And we have over the years, we joint, I think, or one behind Dulwich. Um, so th- this competition a few years ago was, um, I think when we got into the National League, was considered not a first team match. So it kind of got downplayed a little bit. So it's for essentially if we had reserves, it'd be reserves or the youth team, really. Um, But every now and then it just catches your little interest. And because the Boxing Day game was called off, Matt decided he would put a few players, uh, first team players into it with a mix of academy. So kind of a few few of us decided, yeah, we'll go along and watch it. It was freezing cold. (laughs) And um, we played a team called Shearwater and we managed to win uh, one nil. I, I, I caught the goal, the only goal of the game. I caught it on my phone. Yay. Oh, that's um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a funny little competition. We're supposed to play Kingstonian in the next round, but um, not really sure what kind of team we're going to put out. But yeah, so it's one of those funny little competitions that some people absolutely love it. Um, there's a guy on the Gandamonian blog called Juki, loves the Surrey Senior Cup. It's like his, his, his favourite thing in the whole wide world <laughs> obviously apart from his daughter sorry Juki um it's um it's his favorite competition um but yeah we so we won that that was our last game and it turns out it's probably the last game of 2021 for a few of us um because the next game Colchester has now been called off as well none of these cases are to do with Sutton so we, our, our boys have been nice. obviously yeah, very good um so the next game we're supposed to play is Exeter although they've had their last two three games called off as well so we we obviously don't know if even that's going to go ahead um, which is quite frustrating it must be for, for matt because obviously your, your whole build-up is to get to a game to get to a game to get to a game so when you're training you lose that little bit of an edge because you haven't got those games um to play as well um but yeah so <laughs> the next one may well be exeter which is going to be in the new year um other than that we are looking at the Pizza Cup again, which is a bandwagon that I jumped on. Well, so my my son finds the Pizza Cup to just be hilarious. <laughs> and my son is a big Sutton fan. Uh, I can tell you all that he's six and has just oh. started playing soccer. In fact, I missed a lot of the – so when they're broadcast here, it's about 9 a.m. for a mm-hmm. regular Saturday game, and he plays soccer on Saturday morning. So I missed 
I, I usually get the first half in before his game would start. Um, but I missed a lot of them uh, this, this past fall. Um, he's a big fan of the pizza cup. He really enjoys it. And honestly, I will say that I, I do like the, the random competitions. I, I can see from a um, man management standpoint on a, a squad that's not huge and, and where depth is a consideration why, you know, it's not the, maybe the ideal thing, but I, I love it. I think it's a great thing. I think the more competition, the better. And I, I really, you know, the NBA is now talking about putting in a mid season tournament in kind of in a, you know, FA cup type uh, yeah. type setup. And I think they're starting to appreciate that there's value in, in all of it. And, um, you know, in American sports, we do that. We have a, a season champion and then a regular season champion and then a, a tournament champion in almost everything all the time. And I love it. I just think it's, it's fun. It, it, it kind of makes you value the season, but also prove your, prove your medal at the end. And, and I, I, I'm actually trying to convince the local soccer association. Once you get to the U10 level, they have an end of season tournament and they play it all on the same day. And I think it's insane. And so I'm trying to convince them that they should do just do a, a, a cup style tournament during the season and then have the championship of that on the day you would do the championship of, of the, the yeah, league I mean, and then have a league champion and a cup champion. That's just no one's listening right over their head. <laughs> absolutely no interest in what I'm saying. Um, but I, I think it's great. And I once I kind of figured out what the Surrey Senior Cup is, because you know, I am aware generally that Sutton has a bunch of community teams. So when I saw yeah. senior, I was like, okay, is this a, is this the senior uh, team? Oh yeah. As I saw the lineup. I realized no, it's it's just a, yeah. It's no, senior it's, and not a U twenty three or a yeah. There's 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 levels. So it, um, there's junior cup, which is so yeah. It's not for kids. It's 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 different levels. So yeah. level one, two, three, essentially. Um, yeah. And then they have the same for the Sunday league teams as well. They have the similar things as well. So except they have, I think they've got a few more different levels of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny little setup. But this um, this pizza cup is, uh, Matt pointed out that once you get through the groups, you're only four games away from Wembley. And everyone was like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> um, so we're kind of all like, who knows, who knows. But as I said, in, when I did the, the Gandamonian blog, there was hardly anyone there for some of the games. Then we had Wimbledon, which is quite a big attendance because it was Wimbledon. And then Stevenage was a little bit lower. And I said, you start seeing when we get through these rounds, everyone's going to suddenly be like, yay, I've always loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. It's, it's always good to win. And and I think that uh, it's certainly worth the effort, especially for where we are. Both financially, taking a couple dollars home after every every win is not nothing to, to mm-hmm. uh, dismiss. And then in addition to that, some notoriety could come from it, which is always a good thing. And uh, I, I, I just think competitive games are so important for development. I come from a not soccer background. As I said, I coached a lot of basketball and volleyball and uh, you know, I not to talk about my boring high school coaching career, but I coached volleyball at a high school in Oklahoma city when I was in law school. And it was a school that had no history as a volleyball club, as a team, no background, no wins, no anything. I coached there for four years, and the first thing I did was improve our schedule. I t- we went from playing, you know, easy games against scrub teams to losing against better teams. The year after that, we played better teams again. We won a few more and won a few more, and we instilled kind of a, a seriousness and a, a, 
analytics-based approach to the team and all these other things. And I left in 2012. Since 2012, so my assistant coach took over for me. They won the state championship the following year. They've been to state every year since then, and they've won two more state championships, including this past uh, October. And I, I just am a huge, I think, I'm going to call it professionalizing, but taking things seriously, playing competitive matches with the downside of potentially, you know, the fatigue and the injuries that come with it. Uh, I, I love it. I think it's a, a positive only. And, and it also breaks up. This is a long, the national league was worse. <laughs> it was a long season. Yeah. And to have a few different things to look at opportunities to play your, your reserves, you know, people who wouldn't otherwise get in the, in the, the game because you never know when they they'll be needed. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about the, uh, the shootout match you mentioned earlier, uh, where yeah, Steve H. back in. Yeah. And uh, after the reserve goalie got hurt, I mean, you got to be ready all the time, no matter who you are. You know, there's yeah. no days off. And uh, getting, even if you don't win the, the Pizza Cup, getting guys the experience that when the injuries come down the line or when the COVID issues come down the line, they can step in and uh, that's going to be huge. And I think for our club and our status, it, it's, we don't have, it's not like we can just go out and buy anybody we want. We we don't have a lot of opportunities on that front. We need to build from within and develop constantly. And so I'm pro, I'm pro uh, Surrey Senior Cup. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Right. So um, just I think I've kind of covered everything here. Um, other than any any more news on when your products come into the UK. You know, okay. <laughs> not soon sorry. enough. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yes. It's it's been an experience. Um, I basically I have to rework my production area because the size bottle size in the UK is not the same here. So the, actually, the United States has changed it recently, but you guys sell seven hundred milliliter standard size bottles and we sell 750 milliliters standard size bottles so in the past six months i've purchased a filler that is compatible to both so that's step one i've got step one and then i am trying diligently to understand the labeling regulations in the uk um they are very complicated and and difficult here but the uk takes it to a completely new level and once i figure that out i'll figure out the tax component so what I really need is if I, you know, I, and I constantly look, but I, I need someone there to, for help. So if anyone does listen to this and knows this business better than I do, please call me. Um, but think- that's, that, that's a big deal. I'm, I'm optimistic. Honestly, I, I will be clear here. I think the better Sutton does, the easier it'll be for me. <laughs> um, and, and that's, it, it already is. The fact that, yeah. the, in fact, I got a guy to talk to me about this who probably wouldn't have given me the time of day uh shortly after the the promotion happened uh last spring so i I do think that um having that in is a huge it's a thing i do here as well i before i go into a market i typically sponsor a sports team so the rio Grande valley of texas is um where the border of mexico is and where the gulf coast kind of meet right and uh, we are the official vodka of the Rio Grande Valley Toros, which are the USL championship club there. Okay. 
And then we are the official vodka of the Houston Sabercats who play Major League Rugby. And uh, that's that's brand new. Like, that's going to start in two months. And it's going to get me into a bunch of places in Houston. Um, we do some other things here and there. But I, I'm a big fan of uh, using sports as a way to – people love it. I mean, they love it. And it, it, yeah. it, there's a gravitas to it that people really take seriously. And if you affiliate yourselves with um, – Good, good things and, and good good experiences, it's only a positive. So the sudden thing has obviously not been intentional. I think I have two banners up on the sideboards mm-hmm. uh, by one of the goals, but that was just because I thought it was cool. I, you know, I'm not, I don't know that I'm getting a lot of commercial exposure because of that. Um, and then for now, they cycle my distillery logo through. If you're watching on the iFollow, mm-hmm. um, I get a little... Uh, ad in the in the corner when they do the when they do the ad so um mostly just novelty for me it's it's (laughs) really exciting to see it it's fine Uh, i I was gonna gonna say some of our um some of our supporters are are definite experts but it's more in the consumption of products not getting it on the shelves taking it off the shelves yes yes (laughs) clearing the shelves (laughs) i think the gin would be a big hit if i can if i can make it happen there was one one occasion a good few years ago we went to jersey i think it was jersey or guernsey i can't remember and the hotel that they were all staying in had to then um send people off to other places on the island to get more booze and they were like we've drunk the island dry there's no more booze on the island well hopefully you will get a chance at some point to come over to um rainy uk with your with your wife so she can say no no i do prefer texas thank you very much <laughs> well I had, a, I had a trip planned for the 12th of february for the forest green uh match but i've called it off because i was going with a bunch of my friends we we're going to come in do the weekend and then head home monday morning but with all the uncertainty yes. about testing and the quarantine yeah. and all that it's just not going to work so no, i'm going to try again for spring break probably which will be mid-march and or, see if we can make that happen or wembley hey I'll, <laughs> I'll, honestly if if uh, if if for some reason we don't achieve automatic promotion and and we're in the playoffs i'm coming for that too yeah so, absolutely uh I'll, I'll i'll make it work in any way i can and uh, once my kids aren't in school, it'll be much easier. Whether that be spring break or the end of the end of the school year, I can travel more freely. Excellent. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much, Kenneth. Hope to Enjoy it, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Hope to speak to you again soon. Um, once again, if anyone wants to join in the chat, just give us a message on any of the socials at Sutton Podcast. Um, again, I haven't really done a lot on TikTok because I'm not not sure what it's all about um and i've just put a shout out to anyone if you want to be my guest um please please just drop me a message as we mentioned um new voices are always useful um but positives if you can we're not arsenal fan tv um take care everyone have a great new year although i should be getting another podcast in just before the new year with Catherine. all things being equal and hopefully we'll see everyone at exeter so take care guys thank you Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.